Mm. It's just like that after some time. <laughs> oh, it went, it, 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 it's a whole process. Because now what happened in Chisubi, when I was in Chisubi, you remember the people that you introduced me to, the cousins that I found in school? Mm. One of them who was in P5, I was in P4. I was with her and her friends, and she was, when I smiled, she was like, she tapped her friends and said, have you seen this girl? When she smiles, her lips are bigger. So I was like, what? What? I was like, this is not my business. I, I was like, no more. Can I tell you something? What? You have a very nice <laughs> Thank you. But you did. You already did that in my P5. I like that. On I my like your birthday. smile. Thank you, mother. I like your smile. <laughs> Take it from me. Thank you. Whatever other people, you. Whatever other people think, those are their thinkings. Thank you. But I like your smile. Thank you. And so I like much. it when you smile. Thank you. Mm. You're making me blush now. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, 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 welcome to Hashtag with Namgozi Chonuka. This is the place where we help you unravel social constructs, discuss self-development in line with mental health, and everything in between that directly or indirectly affects us in the millennial world around us. My goal is to create a virtual platform for you and I to have pertinent conversations society is silent about. What you get out of this is a chance for you to practice self-assessment so that you can ably launch yourself into your next best season. I am your host, Navuguzi Chwanuka, a lawyer, founder, stroke team lead of Equet Foundation, an addict and lover of insightful conversations, and a professional unraveler of social constructs. If you're hearing my voice for the first time and are the kind of person who is not scared of being a better version of yourself, even if it requires you to contradict who you were 24 hours ago, this is the place for you because on here, we keep unraveling ourselves for the greater good. And to the person that has had my voice over and over and over again, you guys give me reason to come back. You guys are the heartbeat. Yes. You guys are the heartbeat of this podcast because without you, mm, the new listener wouldn't be here. Today's guest crowns the celebration of mothers on this podcast this month. It is 28 years since she became a single mother and today she will be sharing her experience with motherhood. Saying her name here on feels a little bit uncomfortable so... We should just call her Mama Chiwanuka, right? <laughs> yes, it's my mother. She honored my invite to be on the podcast and I cannot wait for you to hear all that she had to say. So let's get into it. So today, Mother's Day, Yes. I have my mother with me okay. in studio. Is this studio? Hey, I have a mobile studio. <laughs> I have my mother with me, and uh, we're going to be talking about her experience with motherhood yes. and just a little bit about herself before we get into motherhood. So, what did you want to be while growing up? Oh, 
when I was growing up. Yeah. I used to admire nuns when I was a child. The way right. they used to put on, the respect we used to give them. And we used to take them like they were holy. Mm-hmm. So I used to think that maybe when I grow up, I'll become a nun. Yeah. The only challenge we used to have as we are growing up, we never used to have career guidance mm. like you people of these days get. Yeah. So you could just think. So they wouldn't even ask? There wouldn't be anything like a parent asking you what you want to be while no, growing up? No, not really. We never used to talk too much with our parents, like conversations. Yeah. It wasn't there. Mm. Not, not really. Okay. Now, when you're talking about when you wanted to be a nun, what age could that have been? Because you I remember was at six some, years. Exactly. You remember at some point I also wanted to be a nun. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. I was six years. I was eight-ish. In primary two. Yeah. And don't ask me when I. How you left the dream? I don't know. <laughs> dream left. I think the dream left me. <laughs> the dream walked away. <laughs> so here you are. You got into your nurse, yes. a research nurse. Yes. In specific, how did you get to the space of nursing? Mm. That one came much much later in my life yeah because i had not even thought about it mm -hmm. you know uh, yes i used to fall sick but not so much yeah and the nurses i used to see who were at our dispensary were not really those kind of people who could really impress me so much yeah because it wasn't a big hospital but then the other big hospital which we had in our town was also not impressive. Okay. The, the care wasn't really much. Yeah, yeah. So your town being Kayunga. Yes. Mm. So that that dream came a much, much, much later yeah. in life. Yeah. When I had already got so many challenges yeah. as I was growing up. Mm. Yes. It's not like I'm hearing about it for the first time. I know the story, of course. But I look at my grandmother as someone who walked away from status quo. Because mm. you imagine that back then in their time, mm -hmm. a woman is supposed to stay with a man mm. full time. Mm. But then here she is she's like, no, I'm going to get up and walk away with my children and raise them single handedly. Yeah, because the way the husband was behaving. Yeah. I think she felt like enough is enough. Mm. She had tried her level best. She used to talk to him. Yeah. She used to talk to her in-laws. Yeah. And then she realized that if I happen to leave my children behind, either the woman will leave the husband. Yeah. So she never wanted to put a blame to her children, onto her children. Mm. So she decided that I would rather go with my children. And I think the way she used to look after her people, she felt like it will not be 
they wish they will do it for her children for her children right of course of course because even when we are growing up from our village mm. you had uncles you had aunties but she never wanted you to go and eat from there yeah because her standard of hygiene was different <laughs> of course right i understand that <laughs> so I she could feel that. like maybe when you go there you've not washed the hands well you you maybe you've perfectionist you, you've taken a water which was not boiled so yeah. those kind of things Horrible. surprisingly Skeptical. they were older than her but they could fear her yeah huh? I so if they are to give you something to eat they could put some matoke on a, a banana leaf and yeah. they say you go eating it quickly quickly so that by the time you reach home yeah it is finished <laughs> so that's how strict <laughs> she was right and then we're still going back to the same question mm -hmm. your process of motherhood you have ch three children true mm -hmm. and i'm happy I, no one is saying you're not happy. <laughs> no, one, no one is saying you're not happy. Two boys and one girl. Right. The last one. Me. Mm. Yes. Mm. Me. Your only girl. Your only daughter. Mm. So as a, as a mother of three, a mm. single mother, you know, mm. of three children, is there a moment where you felt like, for all your three children, they have experienced you differently. Yes. Yeah. Uh, one of the reasons was that as I was growing up and as our mother was looking for schools from here and there, yeah, I happened to come to Kampala to study from there. Yeah. And where I got a place, it was a day school. She had to look for where I could stay. Yeah. Uh, many people promised her so many things. Mm. Surprisingly, I had my aunt, paternal aunt, who yeah. did not give me a chance to stay at her place. Mm. Then she took me to a hostel. My mother took me to a hostel. And I was, as I was there, there is someone who uh, unadopted son of theirs whom they looked after some 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 time back yeah before i was even born he came and told her that ah i'm going to look after christine i'm going to give you uh money school fees tuition and to cater for her boarding fee yeah. in the hostel yeah unfortunately he didn't do it so we started so he was just showing off true Mm. So we started moving from one place to another. Until when an old friend of theirs who grew up from her aunt in the village there where we used to stay, mm. and she said that I can take care of them. Yeah. And where she used to stay was eight miles from Kampala. Mm. So we saw that mm, it's a good deal we can go and stay with her me and my brother whom i am following yeah and though she used to behave whenever she come to her place she looked like she was the nicest person. the nicest person yeah ah uh, but when we stayed uh, we stayed there 
<laughs> That's another story. I know. And it's a long story. Yeah. If I go into that, it will be, I think, like a full week narrating oh. what happened. Yeah. When yeah, we are there. Yeah. 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 So putting that aside, actually, that's where I got my first pregnancy. Mm-hmm. It wasn't out of my consent, but I think the way they used to treat us, you could talk to people, like you happen to get somebody, you converse, and you feel like oh, he's like a friend or she's like a friend. Yeah. But when other people have other intentions. Different intentions. So that's how I ended up becoming pregnant with my firstborn at 17 years. Yeah. It was a real, real challenge to me. Mm-hmm. Because whenever I could get pregnant, the way how people interpret it is that you are either a loose girl. Yeah. They still do that, though. Either you 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 had so many boyfriends here and there. Yeah. Whatever happened to you, you consented to it. Mm. And my worry was, my mother is going to hate me. Yeah. So it was a big trauma. Already I was traumatized where I was staying because I spent two years without getting holidays. Without going home. Without going home. Yeah. Because this lady could always say that, ah, before you go, before you get your holidays, let me first go to and check on my gardens in our village. Yeah. Because she had a, a, a land there. Yeah. So whenever she could go there, she could tell my mother that, you know what? So and so doesn't want to come back for holidays. She feels very happy at my home. Wow. So there she tells my mother that I'm the one who said that. Mm-hmm. When she comes back to this side, she says, Oh, your mother said that you are staying stay. here for the holidays. Wow. So that, those are the kind of traumas you could get. You cry and you could not come up so you felt to rejected. question your mother. Yeah. But at one time, I told my brother that when you go home, maybe try to find out from my mother, what did I do to her? Oh, so your brother would go? Yes, my brother would go. And she wouldn't? Like, he wouldn't also ask. I understand. Because how could you ask questions? You don't ask the elders. An adult. Mm. You couldn't put uh, such kind of questions. It's not like now. It's not like <laughs> now. Eh? Yeah. So he could go. I could stay. I'm telling you, when we go into that story, it will be a full week. So I'd rather leave that. Mm. Anyway, all in all, I got pregnant. I cried. I could cry day and night. At first, I didn't even know that I was pregnant because I didn't know what, how the somebody pregnant feels like. So how did you find out? Your belly was growing bigger? Mm, I missed my periods. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At then least you knew you, you were aware about that part, weren't you? No, I was wondering why I missed my period. Oh, you didn't even have any education about reproductive health? We had, but you could not, it could not come into your mind like that. Yeah. Then 
I started vomiting. Mm. So I asked one of the, uh, the girls at school, and she said, maybe you are pregnant. I said, pregnant? How could I become pregnant? Yeah. So that's when I remembered what happened to me at one time. I felt so bad. I cried. But then, as I was there with mixed feelings, my brother had gone home. Something happened there, and he insisted that he had to leave that place. Mm. So she was taken home. He was taken home right. by this lady. She mm. insisted that he ha she had to take him home. So when he took him home, that is the way how he communicated to my mother now. Mm-hmm. And my maternal aunt. Yeah. So my maternal aunt insisted that my mother had to come for me. So when she came for me, I was happy. Yeah. I even forgot about that pregnancy. It, it was not even coming into my mind. So I just felt happy that my mother had come for me. Mm -hmm. So we went home. Reaching home, that's when the rumors started. Ah, that girl is pregnant. Ooh, that they could girl. just tell. Yeah, hey, they could tell me. I was not minding at all. Yeah. I was in my own uh, world. World. Mm. So then one morning my mother called me and asked me whether I was pregnant. I said, ah, how did <laughs> you she get to know about this now? Your belly wasn't showing? I don't. I was not thinking about it. That's how stupid I was. That's how I was really ignorant. Wow. It's like as if you feel that maybe it will keep on disappearing in, it will in, go inside. inside. Yeah. And yet it was growing. Outward. So when she asked me that question, I said yes, but I knew what was coming up. I cried again. Then I remembered what she went through with my older sister. So I told her that, you know, mom, let me go to my father's place. That was the only first time I told my mother that I would rather go to my father's place. You, you, it's like you allowed yourself why? to be punished. One of, the, one of the reasons why I wanted to go away from her place yeah. is about the rumors in the village. To so it was more like protecting her? Yes. Mm. I didn't want her. Yes, I'm traumatized, but I don't want my mother to get more traumatized. Yeah. So that very morning when I told her I left the home, she gave me money, I left the home. I think I reached, I left at around 7 In the morning. A.M. Mm. Then I went to mother's place. Your father's? At my father's place, yeah. I'm sorry. And when I reached my father's, my father had already seen it. Actually, he was one of the people who noticed it because by that time he had come home. I don't remember why he had come, but he was one of the people who noticed it. Yeah, it's quite interesting how they, they had separated, but they kept a great relationship. Yeah, either somebody had died, something yeah. brought him there. So when I reached my father's place, I cried, like as if they had announced a dead person. <laughs> but he knew what had happened. So 
He comforted me. Yeah. He counseled me. Oh, yeah. I started going on well with him. Uh, his status was not as good as it used to be. Mm. Because by then, my stepmother had left the home. Yeah. And she had taken each and everything. Mm. So he was also there in his own world. Yeah. So the two wounded people started staying together. together. So we could wake up in the morning, we go and dig and come back. But we were happy because yeah. he was not talking about it. And the worst thing I didn't want to happen to me is somebody to comment on it. Yeah. I didn't want anybody to comment about that pregnancy. So I continued living on like that. Mm, we were happy, we could talk, we could smile and joke around. Now one day, I saw my mother coming. I said, ah, this lady has come back again. Yeah. What is it now? So when she came, I think she felt something that she knew my mother, my father may not take care of me well. Yeah. So it was like, she felt that I should be cared for, but he may not be able to do so. Mm. Actually, he was not doing anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So when she came, she threatened me, I'm going to marry you off. I cried again. Because marrying who? Mm. Though I knew the person who did it, but marrying who? Yeah. Me, I was not ready for marriage. So she insisted that she had to take me and she sees the owner of yeah. the pregnancy. Yeah. So we left the following morning and we went. She talked to the people with the, his parents toughly. Mm. Yes. I think they had never seen a tough woman like her. It was not easy on their side. The yeah. parents as well as the owner of the pregnancy. Mm. But that's the village where I had really uh, suffered from. And now that lady, the one I used to stay with, yeah. came with a suggestion that as she got it from here, I'll take care of her. Oh dear. I had nothing to say. I could not argue. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't say anything. So I said, I started staying again with her. Mm. And my daily activities, routine, was to wake up in the morning, go and start digging, come back in the afternoon. If there is something you can eat, it was one time when she took me to, I think these traditional birth attendants. Mm. She took me there and the lady gave me some herbs, which we were even smelling, but we never went back there. So throughout my pregnancy, I never attended any other clinic. Continental care. Nothing. 
My aunt Nentokea was in the garden. Digging, digging, digging daily on daily basis until when the labor pains started. And I didn't know what they were. Yeah. Because I got the first sign when I was in the garden. I didn't know what it was. I felt some uh, burning pain in my lower abdomen. It could come and seize. Then again, I didn't know what it was. Until when I realized that I could no longer dig, so I decided to go home. Uh, when, as I was going, I found her on the way. I told her that I don't know what's happening to me, but I've got this kind of pain. Yeah. She told me to go in the house. So I stayed in the house. I don't know what where time she... was that? What time could that have been? Would it have been around 10, 11 there? Yeah. So I remained in the house all alone. I didn't know what to do. She was not there. She came back late in the evening. I could lie on the tummy, pressing it, <laughs> wondering what was causing that pain. Yeah. Until when she came back in the evening. I understand she had gone to the would-be my father-in-law mm -hmm. to ask for the car. But the guy also refused. Oh. So she came back and told me that, you come out. She positioned me. She told me, push the baby. I said, I was wondering which baby. Which <laughs> baby? <laughs> <laughs> now, if you need to push, how do you push? I didn't know how they push. But the baby just came out. Yeah. By itself. I didn't push. I just saw something coming out. I got shocked. And I started shivering because it was outside. Mm. She cleaned me then. That was that. He delivered the baby. Mm -hmm. So there you are with your first child. Uh, and then how did you experience your first motherhood? It was very challenging. Mm -hmm. Because first of all, I was not taught what to expect. Mm. So I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know how the, what to experience when you are getting labor pains. Mm. I didn't know how people deliver babies. I didn't know how to breastfeed babies. I didn't know how to take care of myself when you have delivered. Yeah. She used to tell me, you go and maybe bathe yourself or those warm compressions you have to get. Mm. I didn't know all that. Yeah. And there is a way how I think, uh, how can I call it? Is it culture? I think it's culture. Whereby they used to keep the stool the baby passes before the cord gets off. Okay. You keep it in the house. Oh. And you know the reasons. What are the reasons? Because they feel that 
maybe when you are throwing away that stool, you can easily throw away the cacod. Mm. Oh dear. So until when it comes off, that's when. They... What do they want the cord for in that moment? Ha! Huh. That code <laughs> <laughs> issue is uh, Ichiganda. the DNA thing? Kind of, yes. But what, did they still want to do the DNA? Was he still in denial? Who? The owner of the No, pregnancy. it's Karicha. But, but if the person has not denied, no. why are they still... No, they never waited for the person to deny. They, you had to keep it. Until when that day of Kwarula comes, <sighs> it was a must. Every woman had to keep it, apart from my mother. <laughs> Why? Oh, it was just no, no, no. disrupting status quo all the time. No, my mother wasn't the problem. But uh, surprisingly, my grand, paternal grandfather mm -hmm. never believed in that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, for yeah. him, he told all his daughters-in-law that for me, I don't Kwarula. Mm. I don't do those things. Yeah. I baptize my children and that's all. Mm. So even my grandchildren, once they are baptized, whoever they bring here is my grandchild. It, okay. So even this one, I don't even know where it got lost it to. <laughs> mm. <laughs> but that was the reasons why they had to keep that stool until when that cord comes off and they throw out all everything apart from the cord. So you had to keep it. Yeah. But don't ask me where it disappeared it too because I don't know. You didn't know anything else that happened? I don't know where it got lost it to. Yeah. So they gave it to me to keep. <laughs> <laughs> so as I was there, she got the impression of marrying me off. Yeah. Then she came and talked to me that, you know, there is some guy who is interested in you. He used to fear in the past because we are still at school. But as a panel, as you have delivered, he's still interested in you. I looked at the lady and I couldn't believe. Because to me, I felt that I was still young. Mm. And now she's talking about marrying me off. And with a newly born baby. Yeah. Because by then the baby was not even a month. Really? Yes. Just weeks. Just weeks. Ah. So there is some guy who used to come and help her with the, some of the garden chores. So I talked to him. He was a young man. And when I talked to him, he also went back and told her what I had told him. Mm. So she got annoyed. But I think it helped me somehow. Yeah. yeah. Because when she got annoyed, she said, how can you go and tell Matia about what I told you? What I'm going to do is to take you back. Where should I take you? Should I take you to your father's place or to your mother's? But all along, for me, what I wanted is to go back to my mother and explain how I got the pregnancy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And asked for her forgiveness. Mm. So I told her, no, I think you better take me back to my mother. She said, no, 
I will not take you there. I will take you to your father's place. Then I told her that wherever you take me, I will, I will go. go. Mm. So we boarded a taxi and then I just saw myself boarding a taxi to my mother's place. I don't know whatever came to, into her mind. Yeah. But it was a blessing in disguise. Because when I reached home, though my mother was still angry. Angry. Actually, when I reached home, the lady left. My mother never talked to me. And there is this skin which we get from cows. Hide. Mm -hmm, the hide. Mm. That's where I slept with my baby. Weren't there beds? They were there, but it never bothered her. She didn't feel like you were worthy of sleeping on the bed. She was still annoyed. It was the following day when my sister told me that, you know, you're going to sleep in this bed. My older sister was there. So she removed whatever was on that bed, and I slept on the bed. Mm. Usually, when you have a lot of milk and it's not being expressed out or it's not, the baby does not suck it out well, yeah. you end up getting fever. So that's what happened to me. There was a lot of breast milk and I got the fever. Remember, I had slept almost on the floor mm. the first day I reached in the house. Mm. Now the engorgement. So she came. My mother this time, I think, You said engorgement touched. is when you have... You have a lot of breast milk and it starts... The breast swell. Okay. And it gets hard, hard things. Why? Because milk start, start Solidifying? Solidifying within the breast. Oh. So those solid parts become so, so painful. Mm. But you can even end up with a fever. Because it can end up into an abscess. Okay, you're being too medical. <laughs> you're being too medical. No, when, it, it, when it stays there mm. and it's not emptied, yeah. it can end up getting infected. Okay. And you may end up being cut. Oh. Because it is supposed to come out. Yeah. So you can end up with a fever. Mm. So that's what happened to me. Okay. So I think my mother felt sorry for me. So she came and pressed it out. And yeah. it was a lot of pain. The baby could not really finish that milk. And he was not very good at sucking. Maybe it may be due to two reasons. Either I didn't know how to place the baby on the breast. Mm. Or he didn't want. Yeah. I yeah. don't know which is which. Mm. But when she pressed out the milk, I felt relieved. Then the following day, she started talking to me. And she was asking me because the abdomen was also swollen. So she asked me why I was not tying it 
so that it can go back into its real size. Yeah. I told her that whenever I try, I feel pain. Mm. So she told my sister to go and help me and apply warm compresses over the tummy. Yeah. My daughter, what came out? There was a lot of pus. A lot. The tummy was so painful. And so that means that blood, eh, oh, yeah. which would have come out, yeah. they, 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 it had retained. Oh. And it became infected. Actually, in the medical term, it's called... Oof, haven't I forgotten it? So all of that was in the uterus? It was in the uterus. Oh. By the way, that condition kills. Of course. Of course. So, the care changed. Yeah. To better. She gave me money. I went to the dispensary. They started treating me. So her anger stopped there. Mm. Started living on like normal people. Yeah. A mother to a daughter. She never asked me what happened. Oh, yeah. She used to hold the baby. She used to make sure that the baby breastfeeds well. Mm. But I think this baby didn't like the milk. Very yeah, well, yeah, yeah, because yeah. even stopped breastfeeding early. Though some people were telling her, you know, maybe the baby wants to breastfeed from his from the paternal home. <laughs> she said, if my mother said that if he doesn't want to breastfeed from here, let him stop. Yeah, I'm not taking her there. Mm, mm, mm. So, Actually, the condition is called puperiosepsis. Because when you deliver... I can't even pronounce that. Let me tell you something. Puperium. When you deliver, yeah. you are in puperium period. Okay, puperium. Now, when you get... Uh, what can I, can I call them rotten? Rotten products inside you? Okay. So you end up with what we call sepsis. Mm. Because it becomes infected. It becomes septic. Is that the word? Yes. When it is, is infected, it is septic. Yeah. Now. yeah so yeah, that's why yeah, it's called yeah, the yeah. puperium sepsis. Ah, makes sense. Okay. Mm. Yes. I understand now. So you have to be put on antibiotics. Yeah, to heal everything. And also painkillers. But those painkillers work in two ways. They reduce the pain and they, so they, they also reduce the inflammation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so there you are taking on medication. You have, how did you come out of this place? Because now we're seeing that from a school going child. To a mother. To a mother. Then how do you get back to school? And who is not a proud mother? I understand. So how do you get it back to school? It was even my sister who named the baby. You didn't even get I didn't name that. anything. Yeah. It was my sister who named. Mm. Whatever they gave, I accepted. Yeah. Hmm. 
And how did you get back to school? How did I get back to school? Yeah. It was by God's luck. Mm-hmm. Uh, it came a time when my aunt came to visit. Yeah. My maternal aunt, she came with her daughter. And I saw that girl, she was young, but then I later got to know from my mother that the girl was staying and this was a city born girl so i was wondering why is she staying mm. because we are now at good moods good me times. and my mother yeah and then she told me that she's pregnant i said what <laughs> because i looked at her that and i she saw that so he, young she was much much younger yeah Now, when that girl remained, I used even to escort her to the clinic. Oh, yeah. But then before my aunt left, she told my mother that, you know, I brought this girl because her father didn't want her to stay in his home anymore. Mm. But as you have helped me, how can we help you with this one? Yeah. So my mother said, ah, I don't know. She's just there. So this is when my auntie said that, okay, let me go and talk to her uncle. That's my auntie's husband. And we see a way how we can help you. Yeah. So she went and by then there were no phones. So by the time she left, she had told my sister to take me after some few days to take me to her home. Okay. So my other sister escorted me and she took me to their home. And I saw our uncle. He talked to us. At first he was asking me so many questions. Why I'm not getting married? Which was annoying me. Mm. I was feel like, feeling like if you want to ask me such questions, I would rather go back home. <laughs> yeah. But then later he, he was asking me because the only profession I know was teaching. Mm. But then when he brought it up that there is teaching and then there is a nursing. Ah, I said, I think I can go for nursing. Okay. He asked me why. I told him that I always see my mother suffering a lot doing those teaching lessons, mm. the lesson plans. And she sleeps very late in the night. I would rather go for nursing. Yeah. So I said, okay. This is a guy who was well known in the hospitals because he had been on those board of governors of so many schools. Mm. The nursing training schools, the secondary schools, primary schools. So he took me to Rubaga and he took to the Metron. Yeah. When he took to the Metron, the Metron asked him, why didn't I? He didn't even, she didn't ask, but she asked in which class I had stopped and that was senior three. So the Metron said, ah, we cannot take her because she has to first finish her Olivo. Yeah. And surprisingly, she offered to pay for my tuition. Mm, 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 mm. 
so my uncle looked for school by the time we went there it was in the mid of the year so i couldn't go to the secondary school and yet i could not join the training school for yeah. nursing so uh, the matron decided that meanwhile she can be working here as an auxiliary nurse okay so i was taken to the physiotherapy department to help in the physiotherapy department mm. my friend i wish you could see the happiness i had i left rubaga i went home and i was saying my mother how i'm going to work she was asking me going to work with in the <laughs> hospital which hospital yeah she was getting confused but for me i was wondering why how she doesn't understand that i'm going to work mm. until when she had to come me down and i we sat i told her where you I was explained going. to her everything then she was asking me but where are you going to leave your baby that annoys me <laughs> again <laughs> <laughs> they are taking you back. <laughs> I never wanted to do thing. Yeah. I don't know how he's going to stay here. If not, he can be taken back to his place. Yeah. Because I was not ready to take me back in those situations. Mm. Me I am now ready going forward. Going forward. Mama so, Baba's oh yeah. She left me. <laughs> I came to Rubaga. I worked for around six, seven months. Then I went. I joined my secondary for my O level, and on finishing my O level, I applied to the nursing school. Before even the results came back, me I had already put in my application. Yeah. As I was there, I could see people getting their invitation letters to go for the interviews. I hadn't got mine. And I was asking myself, ah, how come that I have not got my invitation letter? I went and asked the tutor. Then he asked me, but do you have your pass slip? I said, no, we have not yet got the, the results. Yeah. So she told me that you have to first get your pass slip, my friend. I used it to move up and down, going to school to check, are they out, are they out, until when they were out. Yeah. The very day I got it, I took it to the school, and I was expecting my invitation late for the away. interview. Mm. Straight away. Ah, okay. That one, I think, you can stop there, because I trained, I finished, and by God's grace, I finished but during that period uh, the, I was in a choir a church choir yeah that's how I got my friend and what my aim was is to get a man who is Catholic and who is really faithful to his religion and God willing to get married legally in a church. Yeah. But I trained, I finished. And then as I had just finished, 
this is when my friend was asking me if I could be with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to put conditions. You have to go to my parents. Mm. You have to build a house. <laughs> yeah. You have to wed me in church. Right. What was his reaction? He told me that, okay, we will see. We will see. <laughs> I said, you know, me, I saw what happened to my father. And I don't want to work for people. To mentor them and then they leave you. What do you mean by you want you don't want to work for people, mentor them and leave you? Because it was my mother who was mentoring my father. By mentoring, what do you mean? Telling him what to do. It was like as if for him he was following the woman. Yeah. She decides that for the family mm -hmm. we have to buy land. Mm-hmm. For you, you are still in other areas of enjoying your life until when she goes and gets people to look for the land, then you come also. Mm. Okay? Yeah. It's him. It's her pushing you. Mm -hmm. So I told him, you better get your own things before we get married. Yeah. He said, okay. And... He also said that, you know, but I also want to have a child. I said, yeah, you having a child is no problem, but we have to, uh, we have to agree to some of the things. Yeah. So, he agreed to the conditions. He also put his, because he wanted a child. <laughs> yeah. So that's when I got my second pregnancy. Mm. And I had consented to that pregnancy. I'm telling you, I was so happy. Because to me, it was like as if this was the first pregnancy. Yeah. And to him, he thought that it was true. It was my first pregnancy because he didn't know my history. He even never bothered to ask. Mm. So he didn't know that I had another child. So I made sure I had to prepare the clothings, everything good for my baby. This time I had that time. Yeah. And you knew what you needed. And I knew what I needed. I knew what mothers go through because I had been to maternity ward. Yeah. I had seen people. Uh, we used to go to antenatal clinics. You could hear what they tell those mothers. So even me, I attended the clinic because I was in, working in the same hospital. I could get the best health care. Mm. So everything was fine with my second pregnancy. Yeah. The only thing I didn't know was that there are some people who don't go through all the stages of labor pains, mm. of labor period, I would say. The only problem I got was to vomit 
because I could vomit. I vomited from the very month I got the pregnancy till the last day. Yeah. And I used to get epigastric pain till the last day. Mm. So eating was uh, okay, but the food could come out. But the good thing is, was that I was happy where I was. Mm. Right. And I used to work. I was hard working. I was working in theater. And your third child? It would have been marvelous had my husband died before I delivered her. Mm. That was the challenging thing. Because I could think of delivering a child without a father and it could it could trouble me so much. Yeah. But all in all, I knew I had to give birth to a baby whom I didn't know. And one time I dreamt when I had delivered a lame baby boy. Wow. I told my tutor, our boss, mm. I told her about the dream, and then she said, no, we're going to deliver a bouncing baby girl. <laughs> and she will be named after me. She will be Anne-Marie. Yeah. Okay. I said, okay. So whenever I could go to work, she could ask me. I was uh, teaching in a nurse's training school. Yeah. But whenever I could go to work, she could ask me, how is baby Anne-Marie doing? Yeah. Mm, somehow, at least you could feel some joy. Mm. Though you were not really okay, you were a young widow. But when you were at work, you could feel that at least there are some people who care really yeah. about me. Yeah. Then maybe the other luck I had was the chaplain we had there was also very good to me. Mm. He had become a friend, then from a friend to a family member. A guardian. Because when my husband, before my husband died, he asked him to be one of the caretakers of his children to become a guardian. Yeah. And he accepted. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So he was also another person who could really be there for me. Yeah. And whenever I could go to his place, I could feel comfortable, like the way how you feel when you have a parent. Mm. So the day came and I delivered. Surprisingly, with my second and the third child, I had what we call precipitate labor. With the second child, I had four. I feel like it's the same as the first child. I don't know about the first child because <laughs> I was in labor. I yeah. don't know. I was in labor for how many hours? I don't know. You didn't keep track of it. But now with this one, with the second one, I was not feeling that pain until when the real, real ones came. Mm. And I counted them that they were four. Okay. But with the first one, I could feel the pain. This one, I only had four. Now with my last, my girl, mm. I don't know what I felt. 
<laughs> because <laughs> mm. I was not feeling the pain. Oh yeah. The doctor came, she examined me, she touched the tummy, she said, ah, there are some labor-like pains there. I said, okay. She told me, you got the first stage where those people can be monitored Yeah. from when you have started labor. So I went there, I took some tea. On finishing tea, I said, no, I'm going to walk around. Because I used to see women, You, they used to tell the women to take black tea and to walk around. Yeah, what does the black tea do? They could put in sugar for them. What does the black tea do? You know when they give you milk when you are in labor, you can easily vomit. Okay. But they wanted you to take something hot and with some sugar in it. The so that they can up the glucose? So that you can have energy. Okay. Okay, makes sense. Okay, mm. because they cannot give you really plain water with the sugar. Yeah, you can learn how to take it. <laughs> it's not easy. It's not easy to an adult. <laughs> okay, yeah, I understand now. So I took that tea. I walked from bed four to bed one, and I feel like something is pushing and is coming out. And I couldn't understand because the doctor had just seen me. Yeah. Uh, it was around... 10 something she said she will come back at three, three and to examine me if the labor have not intensified she'll put me on those drips for induction mm. so to me i you still that had hours i thought that i will reach the 3 p the 3 p.m but i felt like something is coming out i started feeling hot I started sweating. I said, what's happening to me? And I was standing. I was not feeling that pain. Really? No pain? No pain. Wow. And I was walking. Then, as I was feeling that something is coming out, I started <laughs> pressing the leg something. so that it does not fall. <laughs> I didn't want to tell the, the You were going to midwife. drop me on the floor. <laughs> I didn't want to tell the midwife because... She will also say that that, if that you're fasting. Yeah, they've just examined you. Mm. So I told her about the heat. So she came, she removed the gown here, but I had a lace on me. Because I had said I'll never walk naked. Yeah. So I used to tie an, a, a lace around myself. So she came, she removed the gown, and I started pressing myself, walking story by story, until when I reached the end, I said, Sister, I'm sorry. I don't want to disturb you, but there is something I'm feeling. She's what? Said, I feel like something is coming out. Said, what is coming out? I said, I don't know, but I feel like something is coming out. And the doctor has just examined me. Yeah. So she said, okay, you come back to your bed and we examine you. Reaching my bed, I could not lift the leg. <sighs> <laughs> so <laughs> they lifted me up and the baby was just there. Weeping. No labor pains. No labor pains. And he, as soon as I went on bed, the baby came out. That's quite interesting. So your third child, what was it like raising me? Ah. Yeah. Uh, raising children. 
it's easy but not easy but raising a child with questions is also <laughs> another issue <laughs> questions <laughs> this is a child who comes out you are the only parent yeah so you have to be the father and mother when you tell her that so and so died your father died she doesn't understand yeah she's asking you why don't you get another papa for us mm. then why do you give me this i want that i don't want to eat beans i want meat yeah mm. whatever you do you have to give a reason as to why <laughs> <laughs> nobody else should call you their mother mom. yeah it's only that daughter of yours who should be your only daughter your only child uh, everything was hers she was so possessive <laughs> don't touch her mother <laughs> don't touch anything of theirs everything in the house was theirs yeah not any other person and she could ask a questions whereby somebody might feel that you are the one who told her one time she asked her cousin why do you call my mother your mother i had to come in and explain that uh, i'm the mother to all and she didn't want that then when she was three i uh, we came to our home how would be home yeah and she found the uncles there and she was asking me who the owner of that home was i told her it was ours <laughs> <laughs> my friend it was it <laughs> wasn't there a moment when you felt like please don't ask questions why <laughs> she put another question why yeah oh, that's <laughs> so she this time because i feel like there are some questions that were overboard true but this is a question which could come today another time it will be another question but almost a bit uh, similar or oh, it would be and twisted confronting people <laughs> because when we reached to our house she said why is uncle so and so staying here i don't want to stay with men in the house <laughs> and i was wondering but you told me to get a papa for you and I think this papa would have been your man. <laughs> well, it wasn't papa, it was uncle. Now, at one time when I had gone to work, uh, this auntie of mine <laughs> asked the uncle why he left his place and come to stay with them. Because for her, she doesn't want to stay with men. Yeah. She wants to stay with girls like her mother. <laughs> Feminist. <laughs> She could want me to buy for her a bicycle. Yeah. And when you don't buy it, she tells you how she's going to report you to her dad. Yeah. So at one time I asked, but which dad are you talking about? He said, I'm talking about my daddy dad. Ouch. How old was that? Like three years. That's a lot of information. <laughs> so what 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 and there are moments when you would step away and cry, like, wasn't it so hard for you? Because of the child? Yeah. Uh, 
<laughs> my crying was not because of that child. Yeah, what was it? No, because she was tough, I had to be tough. <laughs> right. The only reason why I could cry was because at my age I had a father and my children had no father. Oh. That could torture me a lot. Yeah. And maybe because she's an asthmatic, whenever she could fall sick and you were all alone, mm. that could touch me. Yeah. But with her questions, no. I was already used because <laughs> the brother she follows had already put so many questions. <laughs> yeah. So I had got used of the questions. I could answer her. The way she puts the question is the way how you answer her. Mm. Either you silence her with your answer or you explain where necessary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, because like getting blood, I had to explain to her that, of course, even if I get that dad, he will not be your dad. Yeah. Oh, dear. Now we but get... by the time I, I, I explained to that, you had already grown. Yeah, sure you did. At least up to around 12 years. Yeah. But my friend, it has not been easy raising up a child when you are all alone. And most especially if you had not chosen that kind of life, because there are some people who can decide that, let me just get a child, I don't want to get married. Mm. But if you had decided the other way around, around that you want to get married and you stay together with someone and you hardly stay for three, four years, in that kind of marriage, it's really challenging. So we go to, because I realized, I actually, I think I, I thought about it this year or last year, that, okay, I knew I used to write to you, but I had never really sat back to think that this was more like my main mode of communication with you. I mean, even when I was in desk school, I was writing you letters. Mm. <laughs> I know. What, did, didn't anything ever come to your mind to push me to talk? Ah, uh, you were a child. So confusing. Okay. Because when you want to put a question, you could put it. If I had to ask, the question has to come. Yes, those confronting questions. Confronting, <laughs> yeah. But I don't know how I can call it. Because these other letter writing communication mm. was a kind of communication. Either you were thanking me. Yeah. To thank you, mommy, to look after me, buying me uniforms, yeah. paying my school fees, and you could put it under my pillow. Right. So then, it was a place of expression. When it comes of to reporting your brother, you could come and report. <laughs> That's why I'm saying it was confusing. <laughs> so the bad news had to come out from the mouth and gratitude and expression of love was through writing yeah but at one time i felt happy that yes maybe at times you may not be able to tell mm. but in one way or another 
at least you could communicate. Communication was there. Communication was there. Yeah. And you continued like that with that communication until... Until the voice came out. Because now there is even a moment... <laughs> I was, okay, like you say, I'm a little bit confusing. There was that moment in my vacation, S6, no, S4, S4 vacation, where I couldn't even tell the conductor, Marcel. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> you never wanted to talk to people. Whenever yeah. you could board a taxi, you could close your eyes. Yeah, it was too much of it. Because you didn't want to... Engage. Anyone to talk to you. <laughs> and I don't know why. P people have different personalities. That's the thing. Yeah. So that's why I cannot really explain why at one time you wanted to write, another time you don't want to talk, another time you have so vocal. So you, you know? took me as I was. I took you as you were. It's like when you are dancing. Mm. You knew how to dance from babyhood, from six months. Yeah. But when they tell you that you dance for us, you say, I don't want to dance when other people are around. I want to dance for you all alone. Then all of a sudden, you uh, take you to the nursery. You last there for just one day. And, and I'm taking singing. on, you I'm take taking on the stage. The stage <laughs> and you dance. So it was dependent on what I wanted. In summary. So no, someone could not easily tell what has happened at that time. Did, people, did you feel like did you feel like you had to implore particular means of raising me? Like? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> because motherhood is not the same for all the children. Of course. So did it push you to adjust, have some sort of adjustments? True, because I realize that you, the three, you have different personalities. Mm. The only problem with my firstborn was that we were not used to each other now. Yeah, 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 yeah. By the time he came back to us, mm. he was around 15 years. Yeah. So we had to learn one another. How can I handle him? Mm. How can he? And what he has gone through also was, a, I think, a lot. Then with you, the two, you were of almost the opposite characters. Very opposite. So I had to learn who the boy is and who this daughter is. Yeah. And I started counseling myself, I think, because when you understand your children, you may know how to handle them. Mm. The only challenge was that for you, you wanted to possess me as your own mother all alone. You didn't want anybody, <laughs> even the one you were following, you wanted to push him back to school, to the matron's place. Yeah, it was, I think, I feel like at, at that age, it was a little bit confusing because it was mostly the two of us. And then when someone comes out of the blue and I'm seeing my mother being But taken, surprisingly, it's, it's is that when you told your cousin that, mm -mm, my mother, I told you that they are all my children. You said, uh -uh. these are big men. Don't you hear them talking like, having those big voices like men? At least you can be a mother to Joseph.
I said, why? Because he's a child. Yeah. So you see, at one time, when it shoots you, you, you feel like, at least let me take this one <laughs> and not the other one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And no. you were a crying baby, crying for your mother. You wanted to be with your mother. Yeah. Even when they are taking it to the nursery, you could cry the whole route to school. So the other thing that is very confusing about how you raised me was, see, I knew you were struggling. I'm, I'm really thankful that you brought us into the picture or for us to really see that things don't come easy. What's confusing is that when I was in school, you would send me to school. I was in boarding school. And when it came to VD, of course, parents come to check the children's performance. But there I was. Yeah, my performance is there with the teachers. And I am also ready with maybe my 200-paged book full of songs and pictures of the people who are singing the songs. But you never confronted me about it. I couldn't. Because we were like a mirror of myself. Okay. What I used to do in my primary is what we are doing. Mm. I used to make pictures in my books. You used to draw? Yes. I used to write songs in my book. I used to sing all the time. Whether it's of my language or not. Yeah. So I realized that maybe I, w I, I was feeling a bit happy that you are also going to be a singer. Oh, is it? Yes. Because <laughs> my mother was a very good singer. I was a very good singer. Yeah. So I thought even my children will sing. Right. And didn't that feel like I was wasting books? Uh, no, not really. Because, because you you're already struggling. Talent. You're already struggling I to have... I do agree. Had they say that you were behaving badly at school, that's different. Yeah. But, you know, you take children to school for different reasons. Mm. Yes, you wanted her to study. But she also has her talents. Okay. In the past, for us, when we were growing up, singing would be at school only. Mm. But remember, you during your age, yeah, these other singers had started coming up. Mm, 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 so mm. you never know where somebody can end. So you wouldn't have minded me going into the music industry? Not really. Because we are now, we are parents of different era. Era. Okay. Yes. Wow. <laughs> Should I pursue the music career now? <laughs> <laughs> you passed that. But you can still do it, but you passed that. Wow. So this is a platform whereby we get to talk about our mental well-being. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, you know, you could 
share with us how you check in with your mental health or how you survived the hard times. How did you manage to cope? Some maybe you could share tips with someone who might be going through the same thing. How did I manage to cope up? To cope, yeah. First of all, I thank my God. Yeah. I think my faith intensified and I could always pray to my God to help me and go through whatever challenges I was facing. Mm. Then I had my anchors. My mother mm. and Father Ampachi. Yeah. Then also some other friends. Mm. Some of them, of course, you know them. I don't know whether I should mention my their names, but there are some other friends who came up afterwards. Yeah. And the friends I had it. before left me and I got the friends who could understand my situation. And they already who found when you. I was already in problems and they accepted me as I was. Yeah. So those are the people who are helping me to continue because you are looking for school fees. You are looking for food, you are looking for this and that, and somebody comes up with a solution. Yeah. Which you never expected. Mm. Eh? Even, I remember there is even a staff when we are still in the Hill Hostel who could part with 5,000 and she says, You can buy something for the children, at least some sauce for the children. She wasn't a friend of mine. Oh, yeah. But she was just a neighbor. Random people. Yes. Mm. Eh? So those kind of people. And then there were how uh, some of the nuns, like Sister Donatas, she was also good to me in that she, even when I went back to school, she knew that I had no money. She knew that I was no longer getting a salary. So I told her the challenge I was facing with my daughter, who is an asthmatic. Yeah. And how will I get the treatment? She told me, you continue taking her to the hospital until when they tell you to stop. Mm. And nobody told me to stop. Yeah. So that's good. So in summary, for you, what made you survive in your hard times? It's God and the God. community that you built. God and those people who community. care for me. So it's very important, the kinds of people that we relate with. True. Okay. Any message for mothers? Oh, message for mothers. Yeah. I'm telling all the women in this world mm. that being a mother doesn't mean that you push the baby. Yeah. But being a mother comes from your heart. Because many people do push out the babies and leave them on the streets, mm. dump them in some places. Yeah. Due to different reasons. Right. But whatever reason, I feel that this child is innocent. Mm -hmm. And this child needs your care. Okay. 
then also to mothers who become pregnant i wouldn't encourage anyone to do an abortion okay because maybe had i had a chance with my first baby mm. and had i landed on the wrong person i would have aborted that boy but truly speaking now he's a big man Salongo. and i'm happy yeah and that's why i try by all means to do whatever i didn't do for him to do it for his children yeah now i'm a grandparent Jalongo. of four children Jalongo. who is having two single single <laughs> and the double, twins double. so you may abort today and you cry for a baby in other times to come in your future then whenever somebody wants to do an abortion remember that there are some women who are longing to get pregnant yeah many women think that you cannot bring up your children single-handedly mm. but me i think i was happy that i grew up with my mother and i had learned that when you accept to be a mother and a true mother whatever you go through you can manage yeah because i got loans and loans loan over loans but i have managed to go through i've managed to succeed yeah and, and at least i don't resilience. have any of my children as a dropout thank god i thank god for that really proud of your resilience thank you so much for being on hashtag with navguzichiwanuka no then i'm telling mothers when you a mother please do understand learn what your children are because they have different personalities yeah it wouldn't be wise to compare them try to counsel them try to guide them don't judge them yeah try to be a friend to your children because me i know a parent is the best friend a child could ever have of her child yeah above all i thank my god who has seen me through all the challenges and i've reached this far amen thanks for inviting me on your hashtag <laughs> thank you for coming for honoring the invite okay. it's a little bit hard for me to pick out lessons from this episode because i've been a constant student of this guest right from childhood but maybe what we can take away from it is the need to practice acceptance of children or people per se for their uniqueness i think it is from her that i learn how to love people without first perfecting them so thank you so much for tuning in 
into another episode of Hashtag Minavuguzichonuka. If you loved what you heard, make sure you subscribe to Hashtag Minavuguzichonuka in your podcast platform of choice and share it with your friends. Let them know that... That... <laughs> Let them know that what? That this is dope! Ay! Feel free to share your insights about what connected with you on social media and make sure you tag us be sure to tag us we are at hashtag with Chwanka on facebook and instagram and on twitter our handle is at htnk podcast htnk is caps lock and podcast is in small case but it's all one word at htnk podcast and you can also reach us on our email that is htnkpodcast at gmail htnkpodcast for the email is all in small case and it's all one word at gmail.com I really look forward to hearing from you happy mother's week see you next episode ciao ciao bye bye